Hello and welcome back to Little Littlest Petcast. I am your host James and today we are looking at the episode Snow Stormin'. And you know I did say I would try to get two episodes out this week as well. Uh, I tried and I failed. But the important thing is I tried. So continuing but not beginning quite yet. This is the other episode that got moved later to meet a more wintry deadline. And just in general, I'm not 100% sure about this episode's placement, but I am sure about pretty much every other episode's placement. And this is the only place where it would fit or make sense. And it's just really hard when you don't have the Netflix order. Like, like I recreated most of it from memory. It's just very hard to remember everything. But this is the only place where it makes sense. So, now we begin... At the littlest pet shop. And Pepper is looking through her joke box. And throwing stuff out. Vinny walks by. And Pepper stops him. And asks him if he's seen her rubber chicken. Vinny says that he has. But he has seen it. Whenever she tells a lame chicken joke. Which is. All the time. (laughs) Pepper asks if he thinks she's repetitive. Vinny says no. I just think you repeat the same jokes over and over. And Minka comes swinging by and says that that's actually funny. Russell asks if she could stop swinging because it's distracting him from reading his book. Penny comes over, chewing bamboo loudly, and asks if that's the same book he's been reading for three months. Russell doesn't like her tone or her chewing. Sunil comes over and says that that was his book and Russell asked to borrow it. However, he thinks that Russell's ready to claim ownership of it any day now. Sunil also has Pepper's chicken, and he says he was trying to make it disappear, but like your jokes, it keeps coming back. He throws it back to Pepper, and Pepper says that she didn't give him permission to do it. And the six start getting into it more and more. And then Zoe yells at them about how she can't relax with her beats while you guys are arguing and doing all your other stuff. So, like, she does have big headphones on in this scene. So, does she mean, like, the brand beats? They kind of look like it. So, anyway, Zoe says that she can't wait to leave, which is a point they all... Agree on. So already tensions are high at the littlest pet shop. And uh, it's about to get a bit higher. So meanwhile, in the store, Blythe is there stacking cans. And like her old man, she raps while doing chores. <laughs> uh... I really should have wrote the rap down. But it's like, it's like my name is Blythe and I'm stacking cans. I stack them like no one else can. Like your old man, she doesn't do it very well. But it's also endearing, okay? So, 
Then the store gets a phone call and she answers it very professionally and Mrs. Twombly is on the other line and she responds professionally. Blythe asks if everything is alright and Mrs. Twombly says no because the cable guy still hasn't shown up to fix her cable. Uh, she also tells Blythe that she's heard that there's going to be a freak snowstorm later today. She's heard about it on the internet that it's going to be the special kind of snowstorm called a blitzard. Blythe looks out the window and sees a nice sunny day and says that that's crazy. And then suddenly an enormous amount of snow just drops on downtown city. It's like a mic drop but with like a ton of snow which should collapse buildings but I guess it doesn't. Maybe they're just that sturdy. I don't know. Or maybe I do. So, either global warming is more rampant than ever in the world of Littlest Pet Shop, or this is a knockback effect of Al Gore's solution in Futurama, and this is a time where they put a bigger ice cube in the ocean and like it creates a ripple effect outwards and uh they just get uh you know blitzer <laughs> and you know global warming solved once and for all once and for all uh, it's just we get things like this. So either way, the citizens of the world prepared for either event and you know, buildings are more sturdier now. So that's, that's my theory. Um, Mrs. Tomley asks if everything's all right. And Blythe says no, that it's too late. I mean, we're snowed in. Okay, so later, <laughs> later, Blythe is uh, on the phone with Sunil's owners and saying that it's fine that they can't come and that uh, none of the other pets' owners are able to come over because of the snow. So I guess, I guess you just got to prepare for days like this when you live in, like, Al Gore's ice drop world. <laughs> I'm I'm going with the Al Gore one because like, like I I want to believe in like positive stuff and you know what I just I can't stand the idea of global warming becoming even more rampant. So she promises to take good care of everyone. And she thinks that the pets will be excited to spend more time with each other. Meanwhile, a plow is going through the street, but it stops and lets Roger off. Roger thanks them for a lift. And I can just imagine that that ride went similarly to Kelso's ride with that trucker in that one episode of that 70s show. Uh, he tries walking into his place or the littlest pet shop, but runs into a snowbank. Gives Blythe a call and checks on her and says that he will dig a way out for them. 
So he hangs up and he gets out a Swiss army knife and cycles through some of the stuff until he shakes out a shovel and it hits him on the head briefly before it starts dinging. Man, Roger really is just human goofy. That is that is a goofy skit. Like like he has like a like a Swiss army knife with everything including a shovel which hits him in the face. So uh, back in the pet shop, in the play area, the pets are all dressed up and looking at the clock and are upset when it doesn't move. Blythe walks in and the pets ask if uh, they're ready to leave. Blythe asks if they heard the loud rumble and thump. They say they're too busy getting ready to leave to hear that. Blythe says that that was a blitzard and that there's just a lot of snow. Wait. Why did they have their winter coats and stuff? I guess, uh, like it was cold but not snowing. It can it can be cold and not snowing. I mean, I guess Roger also had his coat on. So I guess it was just cold, and then it suddenly snowed. So they interrupt her again, and then she says that their owners aren't coming because they're all snowed in, and so are we. Everyone is a little upset, but Blythe says that if we weren't such good friends, this would be bad news. And the pets start fighting more, and Blythe asks what's wrong. Russell explains that it's just one of those days where if you spend enough time with people, sometimes too much time, Minka interjects that it can get on your nerves. Pepper says, your last nerve. And then Vinny says, you're all talking about me. You mammals are all the same. Sunil snaps and says, not everything is about you, Vinny, but in this case it is. And they start arguing more and Blythe tells them to stop. She says that she understands that they've had one of those days but it's a big snowy mess, so we have to make the best of it. Besides, Roger is outside digging our way out as we speak. Meanwhile, Roger digs to an end point, but he sees that he's just gone in a circle and is confused. Uh, he says he should have uh, checked the compass attachment on his Swiss Army knife. He doesn't let him get that down, though, and he tries once again. He states that the littlest pet shop is right in front of him, and so he should just go straight. And says, once more unto the breach, dear Baxter, once more. Which is a reference to King Henry V. Or Henry V. I don't know. Whatever. Which is a play by Shakespeare. And I'm a bit shocked that he knows this. But it was made into a movie. Although I don't know if he would want to have seen the movie or whatever. So my theory is that uh, this was a movie that uh, Blythe's mom chose to go on a date with Roger with. And he ended up enjoying it more than he thought he would. (laughs) Or... Even more so, uh, she starred in the play version of that in, like, high school or college or something. 
And Roger went to see it to support her. And then it just stuck with him that way. You know. So, either way, he keeps going. And then, uh, in the pet shop, all of the pets are spread out, ignoring one another. And Blaith pleads with them to have fun. Russell says that this is no time for fun, not that these guys have been a barrel of laughs anyway. And, yeah, okay, I did just put it in my notes, because this is when I realized it there. And I knew I would forget, based on how long it would take for me to record and you know write the notes. But uh, there's also, like, a short about this sort of thing where Minka was the voice of reason. But, like, A, I guess everyone has this limits. And B... I guess this is extended. I don't know. It just it's a quaint observation, if you will. So, anyway, Russell wants to focus on the seriousness of the situation. We're all trapped. We have limited supplies, and Blythe is confused on how serious Russell is taking this, and Russell points out that it's a bit cold in here. Blythe checks out the thermostat and realizes that the heat is out. Blythe tells everyone this, and they all freak out. Blythe tells them to just put their coats back on and we'll all be fine. They all get their coats on. And Russell says that they should work on a plan to get themselves through this. Blythe again thinks that this is a bit too serious, but then realizes that this could help bring everyone together. So she says that it's a great idea. She tells Russell to do what he does best, come up with a plan. Russell agrees to do so, but Pepper asks, why does Russell always have to be the one who comes up with a plan? Sunil says that he could also come up with a plan, and Vinny says what he said. So they all start arguing, and Blythe says, this is fine, like a dog sitting in a fire. They can all work together on a plan. Penny, however, says that she doesn't care how cold it gets. She won't be working with Zoe. And Zoe agrees and then says she'll save everyone. And they're arguing again. And Blythe is worried. So we see some digging. And Roger pops up. And he thinks he's there, but he isn't. And he gets confused. He sees the largest ever pet shop and says that he's halfway across town. So, we're back to talking about maps and city division. So, I did some research and math. New York City, real world, has over 1,700 public schools. So, if we divide that by four, that's 425. So, downtown cities should have that amount of public schools. However, largest ever pet shop is a good distance away or halfway across town uh, to uh, the littlest pet shop and... Blythe's school district. So 
I guess the Biscuits must have gotten kicked out of like a lot of public schools even on top of private schools which uh, I mean I guess Fisher had every right to warn them about getting suspended in the first episode which if they're this bad this openly bad at school right now how much worse were they before all of this like it it's also worth mentioning that like Blythe also moved in and became their worst enemy so it would like seem to reason that they would become even worse with a quote unquote arch enemy but maybe because it's so focused especially on a student who handles herself so well that maybe just like the desperation of like students that they disdain and their just attitude towards everything just kind of failed them out oh boy so either way uh, Roger checks his compass and it falls off he says it must keep be frozen and he says third time's the charm and starts digging Blythe is checking the emergency kit she sees a flashlight a first aid kit and some astronaut food she is confused by that last one and she opens it and the food floats off a little bit like it's in space and she grabs it all and puts it back in the container and is weirded out by it. Now, maybe this pack was gotten from Mrs. Twombly's sister or helped assembled by Mrs. Twombly's sister who is a spy, I believe. And so maybe this is some leftover spy stuff from a space mission, you know? I mean, aliens exist. We know this. So maybe there was something like this. Oh my goodness. Maybe maybe she teamed up with uh, the X-Files people. Uh, Mulder and Scully. More so Mulder, I guess, because like, Scully's the skeptic. And if there's real aliens and stuff... I don't know. I haven't seen... T I've only really seen the first season of uh, X-Files. I saw the first episode of the second season. But, like, I was distracted by a, like, dumb topic we were talking about with uh, my friends. Uh, it was It was great, though. <laughs> The, the topic and the talking, I hardly paid attention to that. So. so Blythe thinks to go and check on the pets, and she looks through the window and sees that everyone is alone, mad, and trying to come up with a survival plan on their own. Blythe is upset because this isn't how today is supposed to go. Like, when you're snowed in, you're supposed to, like, come together... And just, like, 
you know, have a have a good time just talking about nothing, like like I did with that uh, one episode of the X Files. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that that was just a great time. I I love that. So Blythe walks in to the day camp area, and suddenly we change into a sepia tone. Uh, the pet shop changes into an actual winter lodge, and a song comes on. It's about spending time together and chasing away the winter blues. In fact, that's what it's called, Chase Away the Winter Blues. And it's just about, like, having a good time with your friends doing wintry activities. Well... Indoor wintry activities. And uh, one by one, Blythe gets the animals to cheer up. And they start going along with it. Vinny falls off a large pillow tower and breaks his leg. But that's okay because they have each other in the song to get them through this. Also, they refer to Alaskan natives in this song. But they don't mislabel them. They just say, like... The people from Alaska, which they are, that's the most general term you can give them. And igloo as well, which is also not offensive, I don't think. Because, like, they do live in igloos or did? I'm not actually sure. Like, it is a real structure, but... I don't know how many people still live in it, if I'm being completely honest. Maybe I should have done research on that, but I can imagine that, like, some people live in it, or at least have some constructed. It's it's weird, but it's not... It's not the worst thing. Anyway, after the song, Blythe snaps back to reality and we still see that everyone is mad and alone and Blythe is sad and she leaves. Meanwhile, Buttercream wanders in and is looking for some fun. Everyone greets her less than enthusiastically and she wonders what's going on. She goes over to Penny. She wants to play. Penny says that she's too busy trying to figure a way out of the situation. Alone. Without help from anyone else, she yells. Buttercream thinks that's crazy and she should know because she's a crazy bunny. So she leaves and she sees uh, floating numbers around Vinny and she interrupts and like swims through the numbers and asks him to play. Vinny says he can't and says he needs to focus. Pepper says that he's right, though she voices her disdain for Vinny. Uh, So Buttercream goes over to Zoe, who is posing, and asks her what's up. Zoe says that she is trying to figure out a way to use glamour to find a way out of this situation. Buttercream thinks that makes sense. So Buttercream goes over to Minka, and Minka says that 
She doesn't have time to play and then leaves, but then comes back and asks if she explains that she has to think of a way to save everyone. Buttercream says she did now. Meanwhile, Roger is again digging his way to LPS when another person is trying to make his way through. Roger asks who this guy is, and he says he's the cable guy. Roger is surprised that they're still working and sending people out in this weather, but the cable guy says work doesn't stop for us cable troubleshooters. So Roger offers to help, and the cable guy just gives him some papers. Roger says he's very close, just go back through that hole about a hundred yards, then turn right, go half a mile until you hit the frozen mailbox, and then there's one other direction that I forgot and I didn't want to rewind, and then you're there. The cable guy thanks Roger, and they both continue to dig. And so, uh, Buttercream uh, then approaches Blythe in the store and asks why the pets are the downy downiest of all the downy downers. Then she gets into her character trait thing again, which she did once before when talking to Penny Ling. But either way, she clarifies that she wonders why everyone is so grumpy. Blythe explains that they're all collectively having one of those days where they just get on each other's nerves. Buttercream doesn't understand. She just knows that everyone isn't as fun anymore. She remembers the time that they got all locked in that pantry and says, That was fun. How was that fun, Buttercream? Everyone was also threatening everyone there, too. The only difference was that they weren't stir-crazy before getting locked in a room. And also the fact that there's sugar. Blythe then gets an idea and thanks Buttercream by calling her the scooshtabooshiest of all the scooshtabooshes. And then Buttercream asks what, and then Blythe does Buttercream's thing and they both laugh. But Buttercream uh, asks seriously, what does that mean? So my theory on that is because Aunt Christie is the uh, queen of darkness, as she says. I don't know. I lost the tweet because I've been a bit more active on Twitter and you know stuff gets sent back and forth and I couldn't find it by scrolling through. Anyway, and she took out buttercream out of the in-between of dimensions and Blythe's purified biscuit energy picks up on it and uses it to try and make things better. So even if Christy uses her powers for good, her powers are still evil, and Buttercream's essence is evil? Like, Buttercream's good, but, like, she was stuck in an interdimensional rift? And, like, just got pulled out by the Queen of Darkness. So, like, the the Purified Biscuit would pick up on it and use it. And Blythe also did this when the Biscuit energy in her was still lingering and not purified. <laughs> so, Roger pops up and looks at a native person of the Northern Hemisphere, of the Northern Western Hemisphere, I should say, and asks if he's at the North Pole. The native person nods and Roger groans. So, 
I, d- I do have to ask, how how did Roger get that far? Like, my theory on that is that Roger just has a lot of energy and, uh, like, like a lot of energy. Like, like m- mutant level energy and he's very determined, although he is very goofy-like and gets turned around and stuff. So, like, like his energy and his willingness to save his daughter is only outmatched by how clumsy he can be. And as proof, other than this, he had enough energy to turn the biscuits to faces even for a little while, and that's no small feat. So... Uh, Roger pops back down and tries digging again. So at the pet shop, Russell has just come up with a plan, and so is everyone else, and they're all eager to share it. However, the power goes out, and everyone starts freaking out. Buttercream comes in with the news, quote-unquote, that Blythe is trapped in the storage closet. Everyone is worried, and Vinny asks, We have a storage closet? So, Blythe is waiting, getting impatient, and everyone comes over and is concerned. Blythe explains that she's trapped in this cold, dark closet, and says that that is something that you can all relate with. Russell begins to tell her his plan, and asks if Blythe has a whiteboard and dry erase markers. Blythe says no, and Zoe interrupts and says that her plan focuses on remaining Glamorous in times of trouble and Blythe face palms. So Pepper interrupts and says that her plan is to come up with jokes to distract from the fact that you're trapped in a cold, dark closet. She tells one, I forgot the lead up, but the punchline is the abominable rubber chicken. And she pulls out her rubber chicken just covered in white fur. Minnie and Sunil boo at that. And Sunil tells Blythe, that his plan is to focus on mind over matter. Blythe asks, how will that get me out? And Sunil tries it and realizes that he has to work on his uh, mind over matter and it isn't that successful. Penny says that she came up with a list of foods to eat during a situation like this. Blythe asks if bamboo is the only thing on the list and Penny says, yes. Minka interjects with her plan on channeling the energy of being trapped elsewhere. Blythe asks where and how, and Minka thought that the part of the plan was best left to her. So she doesn't really have anything. And then Aunt Christie, like, from the other side of the wall, uh, appears and calls out to Buttercream, and Buttercream leaves and wishes Blythe that hopefully she'll get out of that closet sometime. And thinking about it, couldn't they go through that hole and go to uh, Sweet Delights to avoid each other more? Or the Hamster Highway? I mean, I guess they could get lost in the Hamster Highway and going to Sweet Delights doesn't really solve the problem. It just moves it elsewhere unless only one person goes there. But then they'd get angry it's like why are you the only person that gets to be here 
It's an interesting thought, though. So Vinny says he has a plan, and Blythe says, you're kidding. So Vinny takes out his plan, and Russell looks it over and says that that's the formula for nuclear fission. Vinny says, well, that won't be any of help here. And this is another hit from the Joint Subcommittee on the So Stupid It's Smarties. <laughs> so Blythe explains that these plans won't work, and they need to work together to get her out. Russell takes charge again, but Zoe says that she's had it with him, and they all start fighting again. Blythe leaves, and they're all surprised. Blythe explains that they weren't of any help in there, and she got bored of pretending to be trapped to get them to work together, that she just gave up, because nothing, apparently, can glue this together. And the pets are confused and stuff, and Zoe's actually impressed by her acting. Roger then makes his way to the little's pet shop, but then the tunnel collapses on him, and he's stuck against the door being pressed on by a lot of snow. Blythe says that they have to save him, and Vinny asks her, how do we know this isn't another trick to get us to work together? And Pepper hits him with the abominable rubber chicken, because... Yeah, like like Roger's story up until this point is like a classic goofy cartoon where like he hits himself in the head with a shovel, he gets confused on directions multiple times even though the only thing he has to do is go straight and then like the the thing collapses on him which like at that point is still goofy like but when he's just being pressed against the door by the snow, that's that's when it's not goofy. Like if it was goofy, like he'd blast through and then like hit the wall or something. But no, he is literally dying <laughs> at this point. Blythe goes off to see what she can do. And Russell says that they have to do something, and everyone clamors, and Russell shouts, Together! They agree with Russell and let him think of something. Russell uh, takes the opportunity and suggests taking the hinges off. Pepper has the bottom one, Minka has the top one. Sunil and Vinny uh, get the stepladder to get the middle one. Uh, Zoe offers to get a blanket for Roger because he's going to be cold when he gets in. And they begin to implement their plan and Blythe comes back with a crowbar because she was just going to break the windows and sees them working together and is impressed. So they take off the hinges and Roger falls in and Zoe puts the blanket on him and Blythe adjusts it. Russell apologizes to the rest of the pets and so does everyone else and they go in for a group hug. And then the power comes back on and Mrs. Trombley walks out of her office and wonders what's going on. Blythe explains that her dad was trying to get in the front door but got buried under snow. So uh, she had to pull the door off the hinges. Mrs. Trombley says that he should have tried the back door because there was no snow there. Which is supposed to be funny, but it isn't because Roger legit could have died. Like, no, no joke there. That literally could have happened. That would have been funny if it was 
like all goofy, but that that moment of seriousness just like like it, it drops the ball on comedy. Like 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 thinking about it, like the best case scenario if Roger wasn't pulled out was that Mrs. Trombley adopts Blythe, but that's um it's still gonna take a toll on Blythe, because like like everyone was being mean to each other, like she might think everything is her fault or something. I don't know. But because they came together I don't know, everything is fine. All's well that ends well. And also, it seems impossible that the back door went fed snow just due to the nature of what happened. Either way, Mrs. Tomley is still upset because her cable guy didn't show up all day, which makes me think that uh, her office and her apartment are right next to each other and she uses her bed as a means of uh, transportation, much how... Like, Blythe uses the dumbwaiter for transportation. Meanwhile, the cable guy is up in the North Pole and asks if the native person there has cable, which closes out the episode, so he's always doing business. So, uh, I do have a rant to end this episode. So, like, I like this episode... It's a fine episode. It's it's pretty good. There is a thought experiment I want to try with this. So, uh, for sort of context, my friend Jin, who you've heard uh, during the Name Game episodes, uh, and I think I brought this up before, even on the podcast, thinks that the My Little Pony episode, A Friend Indeed, should have ended differently and that Cranky Doodle should not have become friends with Pinky, teaching the lesson that you can't be friends with everyone. Much like the B story from the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, The Venue, about Terry trying to uh, get on the good side of a different police officer, also named Terry. While that lesson might be worth teaching, it is stated in the episode itself that Pinky accepts that fact, like, multiple times. And it's actually Cranky in the end who says that they're friends. Like, like even when Pinky says, like, I know you don't want to be my friend, but, I mean, are we good? And then Cranky says, no, we're, we're actually friends. You're, you're all right kid just just be quieter when you're with me or whatever so that's that's sort of the mindset I was thinking of with this thing because there is a similar lesson here that could be well I mean the lesson itself might not be all that similar but so uh, instead of Roger getting trapped and everyone coming together over that, the episode could have ended with the pets just leaving and still being upset with each other, then come back later in higher spirits, like the Scrubs episode, My Overkill, 
which this would teach kids that you can be mad at your friends and that's just natural and sometimes you just have to deal with it sometimes uh you know you just get mad at each other for no good reason and you know you get over it unless you don't but that but like the, the this whole situation doesn't seem friendship dividing it just seems like emotions are running high and they're just all at the end of their rope and they just can't deal with it and like you gotta learn that that's okay and you know it just seems like that could have been a moral you can teach like I don't know it's something like that like 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 I I am glad that Roger was saved and the way it ended was good in its own way because it doesn't further psychologically damage blood <laughs> and you know like and I think the pets kind of realize it or pick up on that or at least they're afraid of losing Blythe out of this as well and they know that much at least so like in its own right it's a good ending but like like the endings I've talked about both in like uh, the venue and my overkill like seem a bit more adult I guess I don't know like I, I'm for teaching kids a, like more adult stuff but this seems more of a complication or a nuance that I don't know kids can grasp. Like, when I say adult stuff, I mean, like, you know, racism or, like, being poor. Like, you know, like, the stuff Sesame Street does and has been doing. Like, that stuff. Like, how to deal with death, even, with Mr. Hooper. All of that stuff. Like, I'm fine with teaching kids that. This just seems a bit more complicated, I guess. That maybe maybe they can't grasp. And it kind of just turns this episode from, like, overkill to underkill, if you will. I don't know. It's just... It's something worth thinking about. And, uh... You will have all of the time to think about it because this is the end of this episode of The Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever RSS feeds. Go to comfort each other in the middle of a blitzard. And be sure to tune in for the next episode, Tongue Tied. I shall see you then. By the way, any episode of any show would be improved if Colin Hay just popped up and started singing 
just random stuff all the time. You know, I just think that's a good quality of life improvement for anything.